You are listening to the Red Roots Podcast. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Amen. But I am glad (laughs) that Simon doesn't love us that much yet. Because if you were dead, you could not have brought us Papa John's pizza from Santa Cruz. That is true. Give it up for the champion, Simon. You're the man. Simon's back. Just gave you a pause to applaud, applaud so you could be happy. Back from Santa Cruz, how was your trip? Yeah, not too bad. It was good. Good. Just went away, had a week with my uncle. Obviously got ill during the middle of the week, but... Um, How's that obvious that you got Because <laughs> 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 any time I leave Trinidad, I get ill. There it is. That's a sign that you're in the right place and you need to stop leaving and running from God like Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you had a good time there? Yeah, a good man, little getaway? Good. Yeah, good. Ate Very some good. good stuff? Yep, managed to fit in a Burger King, Subway, and a Papa John's. So that's a successful week, really. So your uncle lives in Santa Cruz. Obviously, we know. But someone yeah. actually asked me about that. You made me remember that just now. How does your uncle live in Santa Like, I mean, I know how he lives there. He, you know. But, like, explain that. Yeah, I mean, it's quite a long story. But the, the, sh- the rushed version <laughs> would be that uh, my grandparents were missionaries in Bolivia a number of years ago. They were here for about 18 years. Uh, so my uncle, my mom, and my auntie were all born here. Uh, they were all lived in Cochabamba, which is a different city. So they're all, they've all got nationalities. Um, then when they were like teenagers, they all moved back to the UK, uh, grew up in England. And uh, my uncle then came back like 10 years ago because um, he was setting up a charity. Um, and then while he was out here, met a woman, fell in love. They got married. They first lived in the UK. Um, and then after, after like eight years in England, uh, she was missing Bolivia too much. Um, and it made it easier for him to run his charity uh, in Bolivia if he lived here as well so about two years ago they moved moved back to bolivia um, and live in santa cruz cool good good that's really awesome that you came back and stuff after you know i mean there's generations you have a family history here in bolivia yeah, yeah. so your mom is bolivian my mom is technically bolivian i didn't yeah. know that so w- you can be bolivian i can claim citizenship oh. through my mom yeah yeah it's easy you should have did that so you could be voting and stuff in this election, yeah, man. Have my voice heard. Yeah, please. And we could all protest after it. <laughs> just make it, you know, official. How's your week been, Melinda? Melinda's it's here. Been, it's been good. I'm good. It's been awesome. I mean, <laughs> details? Okay. I mean, if you want. I am healthy. Last week I was sick. and Yeah, um, what did you have? I, again. I had salmonella again and... Um, I found out I am anemic, so I've been taking some vitamins and juicing um, to get my iron levels up. Why do we wait until we get diagnosis to start taking care of ourselves? I'm not talking about you. I mean, obviously, I'm responding to what you said. <laughs> right, right. But I'm not just talking about you. Like, you know, we all treat ourselves like absolute garbage. Trash. And then we get a, a, a diagnosis and then we start juicing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really good with the doctor's orders. Like, if the doctor says eat well and healthy and good i'm gonna do it like i follow his orders you know but follow his orders then eat then i'm like whole chocolate candy bar th- like no then i'm like okay the 30 days are up you know can you buy me a whole chocolate bar oh <laughs> after the 30 days right? after the discipline 
Whew, I've been disciplined for 30 days. I think I'll reward myself. I've sent Ramad to the store several times at like 10 o'clock at night to get me some chocolate. You sent me to the store. I've asked I can't be serving my wife. You, you sent me. You do serve me. She's the queen of England. <laughs> <laughs> so how, you you were in Santa Cruz. How else, I mean, how you did anything else this week or were you there all week? I, don't, no. I really. What day did you get back? Saturday? Yeah, I left Sunday afternoon. Oh yeah, got so you back were Saturday. Yeah, you were there all week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you talked about your week. My week. Yeah. We don't want to talk about my week. <laughs> I'm just and, happy to see you. I've missed you. You've been yeah, gone all week. I mean, I've been here, but I haven't <laughs> been here. Like, it's been, you know, it hasn't been a, eh, hasn't been a bad week. It's just been a rough week, and it's been a long week. I had I I, start, I forgot how many meetings I had. See, Simon leaves, and then all of a sudden he leaves me to do all this stuff by myself. <laughs> and then Miguel he left over the weekend, and then I had to do more stuff by myself. No, um, a church leadership is tough, man. Like, I think a lot of people don't realize that it's it's actually his work. Like you're not like you know just sitting and. And then with us too, like we've been talking about, we talk about the exciting things, so I think we should talk about some of the frustrating things or hard things as well. I mean, we don't have to go into details or whatever, but um, I think I've never lost as many friends doing anything in my life besides church leadership. Mm-hmm. I mean, or out, what is that? I don't know how to say it. I think you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Besides, like I've lost more friends in church leadership than I have done anything else by, yeah. by trying to be a good leader mm-hmm. and like lead the vision of the church and stuff. But it's tough because you see biblically, that we are held to a higher standard, that we're going to be judged more harshly. But then, you know, you have people who are your friends or your whatever, and then, like, they, they just don't get that, man. And then people don't get how church function works, how Paul laid it out for Timothy, and, like, you know, I mean, that's for us, too. Like, people don't get that at all. And so, I don't know. And our church has come out of a weird period, too, in the past from where you know the pastor quit and like then wanted to come back and the leadership that was in at the time you know didn't didn't allow him to come back and that created some tensions and stuff like that and so you know then there's fallout from that obviously and then you know I, I'm then I pop up and I have to deal with stuff that I wasn't even here to you know when it happened mm-hmm. but now you're mad at me like I don't even you know like I don't even know what like, I, I don't even know what the guy's middle name is. Like you know what I mean? And like yeah, but then I have to deal with it or whatever. And I, I, I'm not really complaining. It's just that's just the reality of it, you know. Yeah. And then I think two people get used to you being a happy go lucky because I, I feel like I'm pretty much pretty happy go lucky on the average life thing. I like to joke around and have a good time, but church <clears throat> is something I take very very seriously. It doesn't mean I don't laugh and have a good time, but it's something I take very seriously, you know, because. It is something serious. We're yeah. talking about souls and, and, you know, and that's why we're here essentially as, as believers, you know, to reach people like that. So this week I had a ton of meetings about some just different things. Um, I, again, it's just we don't, without going into details, we have a lot of people who have spent a lot of time in church. But I'm learning that no one has ever really understood how, like, church government works. And so having to deal with that and then, you know, then there's obviously life stuff or whatever. But then it's not all been bad. It's all been challenging, but it's not all been bad. We have a guy that goes to our church. He's a great guy. Love him. One of my good friends. He, um, he recently reconciled. It's a long story. He, he, um, I'm trying to think of a shorter version, a shorter way to talk about it, to say it. But he um, you know, gave his life to Christ, uh, I guess, a few years ago before I got here or whatever. And he's serious about it. He's serious about his faith. I wouldn't challenge that. 
Um, but he has a past. You know, he had a wife before, and he had two kids before. And, um, you know, him and his wife, they divorced before. And, you know, he, has, he's, he, he was remarried already and stuff and has another kid and whatever. And so with his ex-wife, they just, they, for lack of a better word, they hated each other. And they hated each other. And so, but he has two kids. So for eight years, long story short, eight years he hadn't gone back, mm-hmm. like, to talk to them. Like, hasn't seen the kids in eight years. And we've had a lot of talks and sessions about the necessity for uh, recon- reconciliation. Right. Um, you know, this is what, this is who we're supposed to be. We're supposed to reconcile, you know, uh, me and Simon were talking about it this morning, is Zacchaeus, you know, when Jesus, come down to the tree, like that silly song we sang as kids. Uh, did you sing that? When you I did indeed, yeah. You did? did yeah. You need to sing it on Sunday. <laughs> Anyways, no, when Zacchaeus, when he comes down, you know, he has an encounter with Jesus and he dines with Jesus, he, he communes with Jesus. And his immediate response is to not move forward and not never look back. His immediate response is to look back and reconcile the, his, his wrongs and the things that he's done in order to move forward mm-hmm. in freedom and complete. You know, he confesses his sins, essentially. And then he not only just confesses them, but then that compels him to reconcile back. He says, I'm going to pay back four times. And me and Simon are talking about the how in the world did the guy pay back four times of what you stole if you, it doesn't make, that math doesn't add up. He yeah. gave half of what he had to the poor, but then somehow still had enough to pay back four times <laughs> what he stole to the people. Wait, where's this money coming uh, from? Yeah. He's stealing from someone else? <laughs> like, anyways. So he does that, but his immediate response is to confront his past and who he was in order to move forward and be free. And I think a lot of times with us, we want to just move forward. We don't want to deal with the hurts and pain, because it's not pretty. It's never going to be cute and it's not pretty. Mm-hmm. We, wanna de- we don't want to de- deal, we don't want to deal with. We don't want to deal with the hurts and pains and frustrations and pulling off the wound, the scabs of the wounds of the things that we've done in the past. And a lot of times it's, it's shame too and Absolutely. not wanting to um, be back in that space, I guess, um, emotionally. Like you, shame is a very heavy feeling. It is. You know? It makes you want to hide and coward. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I see how that could be hard for somebody. And that's, that was the encouragement, too, right? It's like, because, I mean, I could see that he was shameful because he used to be an alcoholic. And, I mean, there's, there's stories he's known all throughout the city for being what he was, mm-hmm. not being what he is, for being what he was. But, you know, it just encouraged him. There, there is no for, there, there's no for, there's therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's no need to really feel shame about that. That's who you were. That's not who you are. You know, so you're made new and whatever. So it's been a lot. Anyways, long story. Well, I made, it's already been long. Yeah, it's long. I'm sorry. <laughs> a long okay. story, not as long. He, he made the decision. He went back and he reconciled with his kids. So he's been visiting them for about a month and been going back and stuff. And um, we've been kind of walking that out and talking that out with him and such. And it's been great. Um, but some challenges arose with his ex-wife over the weekend. And there was some... Some things said about his his wife and his and yeah, I don't know. There was some vicious things said, and he asked me, "Will you come along with me uh, to to talk to her?" Since he's confronted, right? Like it's called what it is. Like, will you? But will you come along with me to talk to her? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna say anything. That's what I said. And so we went yesterday, and it ended up being really a great time. And I was able to just really talk and sit with her. I ended up in the house sitting and talking with her, and he was at the door talking to the kids, and she's laughing and talking and. It was great. Mm-hmm. It started off like, eh, could have gotten the fisticuffs. <laughs> like, I'm not, like, <laughs> no, nah, it, it had a grim outlook in the beginning, and mm-hmm. I was committed to not saying anything. <laughs> but then I was like, wait, if I don't say anything, like, this is going <laughs> to get worse. And so I was like, okay. I, I told Simon, I said, okay. Well, like, you know, they're kind of going back and forth. And I didn't expect 
everybody to freeze and look at me. I just expect, like, I was trying to, like, calm it down. They looked at me like, we have to, I was like, oh, crap, now I have to say something important or significant. And so, I don't know, we just started talking it through and whatever. And I don't know, I feel like God was glorified. I feel like there's definitely still some place, some, uh, there's still some growth needed. And it's a process, though, you know. And, but I was able to talk to her, connect with her, give her my phone number. You have any questions, doubts? Like, man, we, you know, me and him are close friends and we're neighbors and, you know, we, we're brothers in Christ and, you know, goes to the church and whatever and so there's nothing so we were all happy man and it was good and that's awesome you know it's awesome so you know god is doing stuff in our church um but it still like requires these uncomfortable awkward meetings and stuff so it wasn't all bad right and then there's some other people uh, struggling with things and there's a lady that i talked to and she's talking about really just confessing that she struggles with her faith sometimes and i was like man we i think we all do from time to time especially when tragedy hits and just, you know, we talked about the necessity for creating safe spaces to struggle with our, with our faith. Not to uh, stay in, in a struggle, but to be able to openly struggle and confess our sins one to another, essentially, right? And then pray together, mm-hmm. encourage one another, minister to one another to, to raise us back up, right? So that we can continue on in the fight. And um, I don't know. So there were, there were some good meetings in there, too. But then there were some other ones that are hurtful, you know, because you have to look at your people that you dearly love, your friends, and, you know, you, you have to essentially correct them or whatever. And that, that hurts them even more because, but we're friends, you know, there's kind of that look or whatever. So it was a long week. Yeah, everybody wants, every, I think people see leadership, church leadership positions and admire that and kind of like hold that as the bar or the standards. Like, I yeah. want that, especially Christians. Like, I was a teenager and I'm like, oh, look at the deacon. And, you know, I can't wait to become a deacon or I can't wait to get up there and preach. Yeah. I, mean, I was a kid. Now I wouldn't do it if you asked me to. Yeah, <laughs> <But> I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I think it just comes at, at a high responsibility, right? Like, mm. it's not most of the time it's not easy and you have to make tough decisions and put yourself in awkward situations um where you have to rely on the holy spirit's guidance because you walked into that house not knowing what to say what to do yeah how it was going to go and you just had to trust the lord that he was going to work in the middle of all oh yeah it thousand percent wasn't me like like i can i I can say that and i don't like getting all mystical and stuff like because you know we get go overboard sometimes but it definitely wasn't me like I would have said something ridiculous, goofy, and overly blunt. Like, that's it. I mean, I, you guys know me and how I talk, but that's what I would have. But it, it definitely wasn't me. It was definitely by God's grace mm-hmm. that, you know, God, God continued to work. And I think that's the thing we can all learn in life, too, is he who has begun a good work in you will see it to completion or whatever. It's, I don't remember the exact wording of it, but sorry, I'm not a Bible scholar. But, um, but you know, like, God has started this. God has started the process of reconciliation. He's not going to leave you hanging. Yeah. You know, he's not going to leave you hanging with some weird or, or like you. So just trust in him and, and really, you know, take the steps that you can, trusting in him the, all, all along the way. And mm-hmm. he continues to reveal himself through even the darkest spaces, like our ex-wives and, you know, <laughs> like yeah. situations that, are, that were really, really, really dark, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's amazing. God is faithful and he shows himself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it was a... Interesting week. We'll, we'll say that. It was an interesting week. It was, it was productive. It, yeah, it was definitely productive. Definitely productive. We had a tense meeting yesterday at church. That wasn't, that wasn't fun at all. Um, but it was totally necessary, apparently. And um, yeah, someone ended up getting mad and leaving. That's just, I don't know. It's just part of it. Uh, not fun stuff, but it's part. When we started this podcast, we talked about how we would talk about, like, you know, our challenges and our victories and stuff like that. And I think we all say that, but like, 
you know, people look for the happy-go-lucky, and it's fun, but, like, we want to be, you know, transparent about the struggles, too. It's like everything isn't always perfect. We have, you know, there are issues here just like everywhere else. We have to trust in God just like everyone else does, you know. Mm. We have to really, like, really be led by the Spirit in our responses and our confrontations and, and whatever the case may be. And so, fun times in Trinidad. What do you think, Simon? Yeah. Nope. I knew exactly. I, yep. I knew that was yep. going to be the first word out of his mind. Is yeah, <laughs> <laughs> out of his mouth. I can't talk today, man. <laughs> or is it like this every day? I think I'm every day like this. I don't know. Yeah, no. Uh, I'm good talk. <laughs> man of <laughs> <Yeah>. few words. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the the meeting yesterday was, um, yeah, not unfortunately, but unfortunately that's going to be the start of it, right? Mm-hmm. We've we've got a long couple of weeks ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, dealing with the fallout from the meeting yeah. and everything that comes with it um, and all the work that is going to have to be done because of it and uh, you know trying to get everyone motivated and on the same board and aiming in the same direction that's that's going to be a tough couple of weeks absolutely up. yeah that's the goal though right and but it is it's just it just works like that it seems like is when thing when there's so many things going right there's always something to that wants to go wrong mm-hmm. and wants to overtake the right and we had lunch together yesterday with the with a lot of well, what I would say our core members, and I just you know I just wanted to to tell them that we appreciate their support and them being on, on board and and just I don't know we because we with that group of people specifically we've had some really really hard times outside of church like personal stuff mm. and we've we've been there for each other and we've we've gotten into arguments we fussed at each other we've you know cried together we've you know all of it and but we've all grown for it we love each other that much more for yeah. it. And like, and really, God is that much more glorified for it. So you know, I just felt the need to express appreciation for those people, not as opposed to other people, but definitely like we we tend to focus on the negative. You know, it's like, man, let's be appreciative of these people too. You know, let's just be appreciative of people who are who who get it, who do want to grab the vision and want to go ahead and whatever. And and because you know, just appreciating the love that's shared and the support and stuff like that that's there for for our church leadership specifically in this. In this case, you know, because with that, we move forward and we can love and, and reconcile back to people who are angry or upset or whatever, too, because that's the goal. It's not like, oh, well, you know, you're mad. It's over. We're never going to never going to talk again. That's not a solution. You know, what's interesting is that I growing up, I always thought that like being transparent with uh, your the members at your church or your family at church. Uh, only led to judgment in um and so i was always not i'm not going to share anything with anyone so you want to come to church looking like you got it all together um but over these past few years i've just realized how how important it is to have uh to have not to not to involve yourselves but to live in community with church members because we learn and we grow so much from each other you know uh, i mean this sounds cheesy but what a lot of times where they're weak, I'm strong, or where you just get things from a different perspective also, and and it's just all helps in your growth in, in yeah. Christ. Confessing your sins one to another is a big deal, and it's something that's hard. But I think, like you said, one thing is that we, that we lack in that space or in that area or whatever, as just the church as a whole, not even just us, is, is the prayer part. It's because we have a tendency to say, oh, I'm going to pray for you. I'll be praying for you. Mm-hmm. Like we do that. And oftentimes, we don't even think about it after we walk away. Like, let's be honest about it. Um, not talking about me, of course. No. Everybody else. Um, but, you know, we, it's, it, for some reason, it's become uncomfortable to pray with people. And um, we, I guess we feel like we don't know how to pray. But Matthew, Matthew were warned about that, like about 
feeling the need to use big words and impressive words and, and whatever to pray. Or, and then, you know, and, but then in James, it talks about confessing your sins one to another. But he's also talked, prayer is also interwoven through all the explanations of that. Is any among you sick? Let him pray or something like that. Um, and then it's something like, is any of you feeling, it uses sick in another word or whatever. And he says, I bring him to the elders, have them anoint him and, and, let, and let them pray for him or whatever. So basically your confession is based on prayer. And Jesus says, my house shall be a house of prayer. So uh, if, if, they're not conf- if they're not praying, I'm not confessing. Mm-hmm. And so I think we want to push people to confess, confess your sins. Confess your sins. Well, we want to be a house of confession. But you can't be a house of confession if you're not a house of prayer. Mm-hmm. Because what's the point of me confessing my sins to you if you're not going to take me to Jesus? Mm-hmm. You know, because that's, that's where I need to go. And I'm confessing to you. I'm confiding in you. Because we, we make it all about physical sickness. And it's not always about just physical sickness. Sometimes you're just sick and tired. Yeah. That we have that. In, in Spanish, that t- phrase doesn't exist. So it's harder to like explain that but like we have that you're just sick and tired you're sometimes you're sick and tired of praying like you've just had enough like and i think we've all felt like that at times it's like i've had enough like i'm still a christian i'm not doubting that god exists but i'm just sick and tired like i'm i, I don't want to pray anymore i don't want to i don't you read your bible nope i don't want to read my bible i want to sit my coffee on my bible like a like a like a coaster like you know that's i don't want anything else i don't want that so we go to the elders or we go to the leaders and then they pray with us and they lift us back up and anointing with oil doesn't just mean putting that cross on their head. It mean, you know, mm-hmm. it means encouraging them and, and w- ministering to them and, w- and raising them back up. And it can mean physical healing, but it's not exclusive to physical healing. Mm-hmm. It's lifting your spirits back up and recharging your faith so that you continue to be plugged into Jesus. But it's all connected, right? And so we're not confessing. And you shouldn't confess if they're not praying. And so first, I think we need to be a house of prayer. And then we, we say, okay, confess your sins one to another. And because there's people praying for you, praying with you, not just yeah. for you from a distance, but with you and then continues off and, and, and prays for you afterwards. And I think that's a big key component of something that, you know, but it, it's still uncomfortable, right? Mm. Like if somebody struggles with pornography, it's not like, oh, they're going to pray for me. So it's easy for me to talk about this. Hey, I struggle. You know, it's not that easy with that. Or I struggle with lying. Hey, I'm a liar. That needs to be a confession that we hear more often, right? <laughs> but like, no, it's it's hard to it's already hard to confess that. But it's that's much harder when you feel like you're just like confessing it, and the person is just like, oh, well, I'll be praying for you. Yeah. And you already have doubt, so it makes you're in, you're already insecure about it, which is why you didn't confess it in the first place, and why you do it in secret. But now you feel more insecure about it, and you're worried about it all night because you know that somebody has that information. That you and they didn't take it, you don't feel like they took it to Jesus, you know? Yeah. But if everything that we do in our reactions and responses, if we point people back to Jesus and just minister to them through that way, through what he is and his word and what he says, and it always goes back to Jesus, always goes back, mm. then that, that brings, uh, what is it, uh, healing to the body. It brings health and it brings growth. Because now through our confession, now we're no longer enslaved to that sin because it, it's out. So there's no more of that secrecy and like, Oh, you know, whatever living, I don't know what I said. Yeah. Oh, what does that mean? Oh. <laughs> like secrecy. Oh. <laughs> but there's no more of that, you know, it's conquered. It's defeated. We confess it. We give it, we give it to Jesus. We've confessed our sins. It's powerless over us now because we're not holding on to it any longer. Mm-hmm. And th- now we can grow. It's not magical, but we can start the process of growth because we're not held captive anymore. I think uh, one of the reasons why we do that and we say, oh, I'm going to pray for you and don't take the opportunity to pray with them right there is because it requires something of us at the moment. Right. But also um, follow up. You know, I have this information about you. I took it with you to to Jesus, to God. And then we ask we're asking him to move and change the situation and change us, transform us. Um, but then you don't ever want to just leave it there. You see them again, mm-hmm. or you want to write them throughout the week, and then it requires 
a process yeah. and and we don't want to be part of that for some reason because we don't know what to say or what's commitment and it's, yeah. it's a commitment too it's like that's why I like we talk about the great commission and we believe it's go and make disciples and some people say well it's go and preach the gospel well can you make disciples without preaching the gospel no but can you preach the gospel without discipleship yes so we always go for the deeper and so we believe in go and make disciples and which is not excluding preaching the gospel right. it doesn't make you know was it mark it doesn't make him wrong but it's just it, this interpretation aspect. And he wasn't even meaning. So we make it about preaching. So we go and we just preach, preach, preach. And we don't really want to have a deep connection to anybody. We don't want to invite anybody over for dinner. We don't want anybody calling us at 2 in the morning saying they're struggling with anything. Mm-hmm. Because I preached to you yesterday. You responded to the altar call. And, you know, you raised your hand or whatever. And you took the pamphlet. Done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you have the pamphlet. Like, you know, we want it to be easy. <laughs> and it's just not easy. We're called to discipleship. We're called to community we're called to and as leaders you know we are you're called the pastor you know and a, what is a, a pastor is a shepherd what does a shepherd smell like sheep mm-hmm. when the sheep runs away the shepherd goes and he grabs the sheep and he breaks his leg and he carries it over his shoulder and you know i'm a dog person so i know when a puppy is doing something wrong and you correct it it pees like it, it pees it's a submissive action and i could get into the science of it or whatever because i'm a dog nerd apparently but anyways, it pees. And like that's what it does. And I think everyone who has a dog knows that. When it gets afraid or hurt, if you're holding it and it gets hurt, it pees. But it's not just a dog that does that. Sheep do that as well. All animals do that. If they feel like injured or hurt, they'll, they'll pee. And so you have to imagine the shepherd grabbing the sheep, breaking its leg, and having it over the shoulder. The thing is, is peeing on them. It's defecating on them and whatever. That's part of shepherding, though, is you smell like sheep. And not the best part of sheep, like after it's been washed and they make clothes out of it. Like, oh, yeah. No, it's like the nastiest, dirtiest part of sheep. That's a part of it. And so you can't, you can't be obeying the call of God if you don't smell like the nastiness of people. Not, not that you're identified by the nastiness of people, but if you're not mixing it up with people and walking with people through their issues. And, I, I mean, we, we have to question ourselves and go back. Like, what is the motive? What are we doing? You know. That's good. Hopefully. Because I've been living my life by that for the past, like, eight years. <laughs> But yeah, so that's our church talk for this week. I have a question this week. You ready to move on? You good? Yeah, okay. Simon's just been soaking it all in. You can't see him. Maybe one day we can do like the podcast video as video, well. Facebook and they can, yeah, they can watch you laugh over there. Because yeah. they, like, they're like, oh, Simon's probably not talking. But he's over there laughing and smiling. And <laughs> I was just curious where you're going to go with the breaking leg thing. Oh, <laughs> was it good? Did it make sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, because I didn't, I didn't know Shepherd breaks the leg yeah, yeah. of a sheep. Yeah, yeah. Which just puts a really different like spin yeah. on the Bible story of the, the lost sheep, right? Yeah. Well, because you see the picture and, <laughs> yeah, the, and the, the sheep, sheep looks so happy. Yeah, he's ha- exactly. He's almost like smiling. It's like, oh yeah, ha It's a game. The you shepherd. Found me. No, yeah, he breaks his leg. There's a discipline. Like he, you know, it breaks his leg. Which is interesting because he breaks his leg knowing that he's going to have to nurse it back to health. Right. When he gets it. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. He doesn't break its leg and like I find your way back now, punk. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with the wolves. We do that yeah. as leadership. We'll break. The, we we have no problem breaking legs as leadership. Mm-hmm. Oh, because the Bible says the church discipline this and that, and we you know we'll break all the legs in the world. But we don't want to be present to nurse it back to hell. So there's a process. Like, man, Jesus is like, he knows exactly what he's saying. He's mm-hmm. so calculated in the stories that he's telling, in the depths of it. <laughs> like, that's why you're looking like that. Some of them, <laughs> I never thought about the story like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what, I mean, that's really, and like, like Melinda said, there is a process of restoring the sheep too. And who's taking care of the sheep? Who's carrying it around? Like him. You know, after it's been disciplined, okay, now you're whatever and stuff. So 
you've got to have a love for the church and and before you, you can love the church you just really have to have a love for jesus to do a lot of that stuff yeah. <laughs> because uh, I was eavesdropping yesterday on one of your meetings, <laughs> only because I was <laughs> only because I was in another room um, washing the communion cups. Conveniently, I've never seen you wash the communion well, cups went, until my, yesterday. Ruth went away to her house mm. to start on lunch because you know we were all eating together. So she asked me to clean the. I'm kidding, but I you're right. Like I've never been in there washing yeah. cups. <laughs> like it was a joke, and the guilty conscience just took over. <laughs> I had, to, had to justify me being in there, um, and and. You know, I just heard a lot of what was at being asked of you and your responses. And I just thought, man, he has got to love the church in general because this I would maybe I'm just immature, but I would have just went off. I don't know. <laughs> like the way you you were so mature and, and and it was like it almost felt like you won against however many people were there. And and I was like, I just want to walk in, you know, like the wife that I am and just. Just make sure that no one crosses the line and disrespects you. But I mean, it's not about winning. Like you, you <laughs> won. That's what you said. I said I won. No, you said, and it feels like you won against so many people. No, you, one person. Oh, against yeah. so many people. And, oh yeah, yeah. And so, um, and then just to see you sit there and maturely respond to their questions, but authoritatively do it right. You didn't. Yeah. You weren't disrespect for anything. That's a tough line, man. It Cause is. Because like you know, you don't want to start abusing your authority. Right. I'm a leader. You need to. You know. But nor do you want to just like people will bowl you over if they can, you know, yeah, we've and it's that. not everybody will do that. It's not any individual's fault. It's just, you know, our natural tendency. So it's a very fine line. And I think at 34, I'm finally starting to learn that. Mm. I wish I had known this at 23. How old are you, Simon? 24. What a coincidence. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I wish I would have. Right. I wish I wish that someone would have had these conversations with me when I was his age when I was first starting them in missions or I think a year later or something I was starting, but I wish, but they didn't. So buckle your seatbelt, Simon. <laughs> it's going to get up. No, I'm kidding. No, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. I do. I do feel like I am maturing because I, I don't, sometimes I even surprise myself. Like, and I, this sounds arrogant. Like I get it. That's not my, but I really am shocked because I, I'm, <laughs> I'm a hothead by nature. Yeah. Like, and I will, what do you mean? Yeah. I, I know. I live. <laughs> what do you mean? Cause? Well, I to be fair, I am too. So two, right? <laughs> I was it was false humility I was putting. I'm not really a hothead. I was just trying to be. Oh, no, I'm kidding. No, I am a hothead by nature, and I'm like you know I don't know. And I see myself still being a hothead, like my natural reaction. But I, I see myself containing that now, mm-hmm. and like thinking that okay, if I say this like this, then it's gonna be like oh, where did you? Who are you? Where did you come from? What has happened? So God is working in me too, not just in the people mm-hmm. of our church, yes. definitely. But yeah, I do love the church. I definitely love the church and not the organization, the people. I love, that's what it means to me, just to be clear. I do. I love it dearly and deeply. And I, I completely see her purpose. Um, I see what, you know, Jesus is, what, what he's doing through her. And I don't know. Well, I mean, the, Bi- the Bible is clear. It says God is going to build his kingdom through the church. Jesus says yeah. that, right? So that's, I always get uh, this a weird and an uncomfortable feeling when someone says, Oh, I've given up on the church. I'm walking away from the church. I haven't. Wa- I'm not walking away from Christianity, but I'm walking away from the church. And I'm just. I want to be like. Do you know something that I don't? Is is God now <laughs> going to be building something else? Is God right. using something else to build His kingdom? Because last time I read, He's still using the church. He's still going to yeah. use the church. Mm-hmm. So, I don't get how you can say, "Oh, I'm walking away from the church. I hate the church, but I still want to be a follower of Christ." Because you know, 
Jesus is building his kingdom through the church. But it's the bride of Christ too, yeah. right? And so when we refer to marriage, the two become one. And so when we when we are become part of the church, when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. We know all this. And we confess our sins. We belong to Jesus. We're part of the church. But why are we a part of the church, though? It's because the two have become one. So it's almost like you saying, I hate your wife, Ramon, but I want to be best friends with you. Mm. Let's keep hanging out. Nah, bruh. You're on your own now, like you know, and like you can't hate my wife, and then me and you are best buds. It's, it's not, it's not gonna work like that. And I think we can't, we we try to separate the church from Jesus mm. because we, the church is a poor representation of Jesus, especially right now. We, yeah. We're seeing the ugliness of it yeah. and the imperfection of it, but that points back to Jesus and the importance that we of our need for Him yeah. and the importance of of the coming of His kingdom. Mm. That's really what it points to. It shouldn't point to our present. Uh, we do need to correct our present faults. There are things that need to be confronted in things. But ultimately, that should point us to the importance of the coming of his kingdom. So we can be restored and reconciled completely back to him. And our relationships can be reconciled with one another. Our, you know, everything. Everything will be reconciled back to him. And so it should point to that. And then that should motivate us to more dig our feet in the sand as far as like working with the church and, and, and becoming the church and not just doing your own thing and you know, I'm dropping the church, but I'm not dropping Jesus. It, it doesn't make sense. I, I get the logic. I mean, I don't get the logic. I, I get the idea. Yeah. Because it's frustrating. Dealing with people is frustrating. But they just as you got to deal with everybody else, they got to deal with you too. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's what we don't, you know, get a lot of times. So, yeah. We good? Mm -hmm. Church talk? Mm -hmm. I think we're now ready to move on. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah. So, I got a question. What's the most fun Bolivian, like, cultural, what is it? What's, okay, what's the most, I got to read it. The wording is weird. What's the most fun Bolivian cultural thing that you've started doing? Anybody? <laughs> We've had a day to think about this. Bueller? Yeah, like, for just so you know, I told him about this question yesterday. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and here we are. The most fun? I didn't realize you. it was, the word fun was well, Okay, well, we just, what's, okay, what's something, let's make it, <laughs> does it matter? No. What's something Bolivian that you started doing that's uh, something that's, that you've gotten from Bolivian culture? Um, I know one thing as our family that we started doing and recently is um, we start having a heavier lunch and a lighter dinner if we have dinner at all, which <laughs> just like a smoothie or no. a sandwich. Wait a minute, time out. Mom called the girls one day uh -huh. and she's like, uh, what are you guys doing? Oh, we just finished dinner. It's like, what did you have? Toast and like, it was something like complete. No, it was like an apple. Uh -huh. I uh, gave them apple yogurt with It was like apple scrambled butter. eggs and something and like a sucker or something it was something it was random not. and mom was like oh it was not a my mom was like oh and then she tried to like play it off she's like oh the ketchup threw me off because it was like a ketchup i was like oh that's all that threw you off from that meal that was like <laughs> that's a meal that's you just go into the kitchen and you just hand them whatever because they're hungry i always give them like a lot of fruit at nighttime uh, and then i would probably give them something with protein so it'll be like the little chicken nuggets or it'll be leftover chicken from lunch or just some, i really know this day it was together. specifically rare it was probably like what, it, yeah i remember I, well was, sometimes i ask I, sometimes i ask them too what do you want and they'll tell me like grapes and ketchup no <laughs> and i give it to them right right exactly <laughs> at least they'll eat it right you're <laughs> not being picky <laughs> yeah no that's something we started doing also a bolivian cultural thing we do was eat very late we eat very late. Mm -hmm. In the U.S., people are eating at like five and six. That's true. I don't know about you guys, but that's what time we yeah, eat. Yeah, same. Yeah. But here, we're eating like eight, nine. And then waking up like, oh, my stomach hurts for three <laughs> years. They go, I don't know why my stomach's been hurting for three years. 
because you're eating a you know a huge a 16 ounce steak at 10:30 at night oh, with a smoothie. Have the audacity <laughs> to, to try healthy. to make it healthy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's that uh i drink i do like um like mate it's called uh, what is it called you want to clear clarify your drink you drink because that was the <laughs> i drink i drink mate but you said i drink you like take period. little pause there yeah. oh i did <laughs> yeah. i drink oh and i also drink i, also I drink, drink heavily <laughs> alcohol heavily and i also drink mate no i i drink mate mate what does it say on the package? It says, there's another thing that people in the U.S. would know about. It says something. I don't know. You've done uh, yer, yerba mate. Oh. Okay. Yerba mate is what, I, is, is what I drink. And that's not a thing I drink in the States. Apparently, I did find out. <laughs> Simon's laughing. I'll just give you updates on what Simon's doing. <laughs> um, no, that like what, apparently that's like a hipster thing in the States now. It's like people drink like. Yerba mate, but I like that. I didn't, I didn't know about it until I moved to Cochabamba some years ago. I had it once and it was awful. Then I had it some years later and it was amazing. And I was confused. And then I started learning about like it's it's actually healthy and stuff, and it helps with my 10:30 p.m. steak. Uh, <laughs> no, I heard it's it's really healthy and stuff, and you know yeah. I stop drinking so much Coke. So yeah, that's another thing. Coke, you drink mm-hmm. Coke like that's a believe it or not that is a Bolivian culture thing is to drink Coke all the time. Mm. Coca-Cola. I've, I can't tell you the last time I drank Coca-Cola in the United States. Can't tell you. Well, but, you mentioned steak, too. Like, we eat so much more steak here. Yeah, but that's not cultural. That's just that deals with the price. I think we would eat a lot more steak in the States if it was cheaper. Yeah. You know. Um, that We say provecho. Yeah, We say it all is. the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, provecho is... I can't tell you exactly what it means. Let me, let's go to Google. I think I Googled it one time. I think it means good digestion. That's, oh, that's not what it means. That's not true. That's what someone said. <laughs> but like, so the, the thing is, yeah, the, good digestion. The, uh, what, what the thing is, is like if you ask five different people, all Americans, yeah. they will tell you five different things that it means. But they're all Americans, too. So I, we know it's very easy to figure out like what like the, in the sense that you're saying it. But exactly what it means, I don't know, because we don't say anything. More. Like, so when you're finished eating, so provecho obviously literally means advantage. And then, so there's not really, I think it's just a, I don't know. There's not really a um, translation. Anyways, when you're done eating, you say provecho to the other people at the table. Mm. And they say thank you. So it is like a, it's like a, it's like a send off. Yeah. Like when you're finishing off the table, you could have eaten, you could have already been finished eating for five to ten minutes. But when you're leaving, you say provecho. And I guess it, it kind of does mean like hope your meal passes well type of like digestion type thing. Mm-hmm. It, it, it can kind of mean that. Yeah. But it's like it doesn't it doesn't have a literal meaning in English. But that's something that we even say when we're at lunch with the girls. Like when they finish, they say provecho. And we say gracias. And it's just a thing. And I, like you walk into a restaurant, if you walk by a table yeah. and the people are eating, it's you say provecho and you continue on to your table. It's just a very it's a very cultural thing and here it says uh literally translated buen provecho means good profit or good advantage so maybe the food be profitable to your body it's um equivalent to when people say bon appetit oh oh that's what it means <laughs> it's french bon right yeah i don't i don't speak french <laughs> enjoy your meal bon appetit means enjoy your okay meal. either that that kind of makes sense i mean yeah but you say it after. after. Say at the end. Yeah. I mean, hope you enjoyed your meal. Like, yeah. good luck. I guess it's basically <laughs> just saying. Like, don't get salmonella. Yeah, no, yeah, don't get, 
Good luck. Hepatitis, salmonella. Don't get it. Provecho. <laughs> now it's going to be like an inside joke and all the Americans are going to laugh every time someone says that. Oh, man. But that's a Bolivian thing that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's so many things, I think, that it's hard to like pinpoint it because it's so normal for us now, you know? Like, One thing that you didn't do in the States um, that you do here is um, right after lunch because... Um, you get like a little break, I guess, right before work. So you always rest for like twenty minutes before yeah. after lunch. Yeah, you know? they, they there are two. They do two hour lunches here. So I don't know why I looked at Simon like I was educating him on the matter, <laughs> like he knows. But yeah, we do two hour lunches here, and uh, so you know you have time to eat and then relax. And it sounds like a good idea. I know yeah. you're thinking. That's the like, reason you looked at me is because we always complain about yeah, it to each other. Yeah. We're always like, oh, I don't want a two-hour lunch break. But I take it anyway. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so easy to be like, not, it's not lazy, but it's so easy to take, like, take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I know people in the States are like, I wish I had two hours. No, you don't. Because the problem is, is you've been doing nothing for two hours. And now you have to go back and act like you weren't just laying around and being slothful yeah. for two hours and be excited. So nothing really gets done in the afternoons at work. Mm-hmm. Really, almost anywhere, like yeah. the work goes way down in the afternoon, yeah. the production rate. And so, oh yeah, me and Simon were talking recently. And I said, I understand why there's like 30, 45 minute lunches in the, in the U.S. It's not so much about the time as it is the, mm. the rhythm that you get into of like work. And you get so far out of that rhythm when you have yeah. a long lunch. Mm-hmm. And yes. it's hard to come back and be productive. Yeah. But you have a long lunch, you have a heavier lunch, right? And yeah. then that food hits you and then you're like, oh. Um, Itis. Yes. Mm. <laughs> it's like, oh, I want to sleep or I want to be slothful. Yeah. And everyone goes home for lunch as well. Uh-huh. I don't know what it's like in the States, but in the yeah. UK, you just stay at your workplace. Or Absolutely. you go into town, mm-hmm. you go to a little cafe around the corner. Mm-hmm. You don't go home. Yeah. Whereas here, everyone goes home. Your whole family's back at home as well. And then you're with them for two hours. And, yeah. then, and then you're like, oh, now I've got to go back to the environment of work. Very true. And then it's just... We take, so we, that's one thing we all do. We take two-hour lunches. Mm-hmm. We do. And I've been trying to stop. It's like a drug. <laughs> I've really, I've been trying to stop. Like, you can get off of it. Because it is. It's, it, yeah, I come back and you feel, like, so draggy and, like, yeah. tired and whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, I need to stop doing this. Because my afternoons are way less productive than they should be. So, anyways, yeah, that's another thing we do. Anything else? I'm sure we're missing stuff, but we just got used to it. So Yeah. Let's think about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe come back to this conversation next week. You have a week to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> a week. Like, I think. <laughs> I'll just take up a hobby this week. Just so I can answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I make empanadas every day. Like, oh, Simon, you do? Yeah, I sell them. 1B, you want one? This doesn't have anything Provecho. to do with the culture more <laughs> as it does the, the environment that we're in. But like in the States, I would never walk out, out of the house unless my shoes were like brand new looking clean. Uh, but that's not cultural. <laughs> I, I, I said not cultural. Oh, okay. Maybe it's not a cultural Sorry, thing, but more that. of an environment because we live on these dirt roads. Dirt roads yeah. And so that's yeah. that. But that changes a lot in you because now you don't even. It's like, oh, I got a little mud on it. Do I clean it and then get mud on it again when I walk outside or do I just go outside? Yeah, <laughs> which is like when you went to the States last year. Oh, gosh. I just saw a picture of my old I, van. I showed. I, I sold, <laughs> so, okay. So there's like these markets and we, we like thrift. I talked about this a couple weeks ago when we go to the markets on Mondays. Not always really, but like a lot. We go maybe twice a month. We buy these little 50 cent or not 50 cent, 25 cent T-shirts and stuff like that. And um, I recently found a place. Well, not recently. A month or two ago, found a place that sells used shoes. Well, Melinda, like, when she went to the States a year or so ago, um, 
she did not have any presentable shoes. So we wear this stuff every day, and we don't really think about it because we look, you know, I mean, it's dirty outside, like she said, or whatever, and, you know, everybody else has on the same thing. You don't think much about it. But then when you go to the States, you get in the airport, and everybody's shoes and clothes are glistening. Mm, brand new. And you feel like okay. you have jungle dust on you. And like, <laughs> jungle it's dust. Like, what in the world? And Melinda sent me a picture of her shoes, and, like, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, you're probably more embarrassed than me, yes. obviously. But I was like, man. And so when I found this market, it was like, oh. And I found this place to sell these shoes. So I've bought Melinda all kinds of shoes to, so that she can have presentable feet. <laughs> Blessed are the feet of those who carry the. So next time, if you ever have to go to the States, you can have something decent to wear in the yeah, airport. Yeah, I've got options now. You have options. So that's good. Thrifting. That's not a, that's not a cultural thing. People do it in the States. Yeah. Yeah. Got anything else? Nah. Big week coming up? Um, just I'm gonna be working on my computer a lot this week, doing some finishing up the banner for the church. That's something <clears throat> I put off for a while, and I need to get it done. And so, get it, then take it over to the printer and get it printed. So, that's one of the things. Uh, so I'm working on um, a logo for one of our church members at starting her own, um, I guess, private practice. Practice, yes. And so that's something I I enjoy doing, helping people. Um, that are small, helping small businesses, especially when they're connected to our church or community t- with their branding. So I'll be yeah. working on that. Exciting. On top you're of the music class. You going there tonight? Yes. What about you? Getting back into the rhythm, really, uh, this week. I've got a few, a few meetings that I want to have. Um, get ready for this coming Sunday. Uh, do a few things. I'm taking a photo. I am. You are. Since my mom, she told me she's excited about the podcast. Yeah. Sorry. That's Don't okay. Know. Shout out to your mom. Hey, mom. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah, just having a few meetings, get a few things, finish a few things that I started before going away, and uh, sign a cruise and get them done. So that's really trying to pick up from where I left off. Fun uh, times. And what about your week? Oh, see, see <laughs> you see are good. He's Simon. good, man. The new host of the Red Roots podcast, not just the you voice. Listening, Simon Howling. <laughs> No, um, just the same thing. It's just, yeah. So I found my rhythm. Last week, there were so many meetings and stuff. It's, you know, it was all over the place. and Getting a rhythm, trying to finish up the series at church. Want to finish strong with this. And, yeah, doing that mostly. And I think I have actually a couple more meetings this week. Um, yeah, with some people in the neighborhood and stuff. Uh, a guy asked us to do his wedding. Uh, I don't think we're going to be able to do it. So I found out a way to turn him down nicely without him getting offended that type of stuff all the fun good stuff you know all that so yeah mostly church stuff this week i mean for really for the past couple months and probably for the next couple months as well we were just working really hard on church stuff yeah. and then want to kind of find a rhythm with that and then move into you know where i can obviously obviously continue to work on church stuff but kind of like be able to kind of split my time between that and other stuff so but yeah church stuff Studying, getting ready. We're doing a series on justice next. So that's good. We have elections coming up. And, oh, yeah, I need to work on that. Oh, um, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. The graphic. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what we have. So thank you for listening. We always appreciate always appre- appreciate the feedback and comments and such. It's fun. We have a good time doing this. And so we're glad that you guys like listening. We appreciate your love and support and you listening. We hope that you have a good week. Provecho. Provecho. <laughs>